0: Bless those of you that are coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I see you. Lester Gilagla, Win Prophet, thank you so much. Elder, I see you. Thank you, Jamal. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Ramon, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Lady Tabitha, God bless you. I see you coming on. Lane Jameson, thank you. Karen Short, God bless you. Bless you, daughter. Bless you. Christina, God bless you, daughter. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Wayne Stevens, God bless you. My son, Abdul, God bless you. God bless you. you. Serena, I see you coming on, daughter. Thank you, all of you. My sister, Karen, North Carolina, God bless you. Pray that everything is well with you. They're speaking to you as well, co-pastor, of course. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Regina Booker, God bless you, God bless you. Brittany, God bless you. You you know, you're my spiritual great-granddaughter. That's, that's, that's going a long way. All of you, invite someone to come on. 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 I want to get started. I've got a lot that I want to share for this week. And um, I believe it's going to bless you and bless everybody tied into you. Bring them all on. Co-Pastor Stacy, God bless you. God bless you. Okay. I see Bopsy Baby, is that what that is, Bopsy Baby? Okay, I'm hoping I'm saying things right. Roland Davenport, God bless you, son. God bless you. <coughs> All of you that are coming on, Lady Kia, God bless you. God bless you. Jossie on, self-check. I see you coming on. God bless every one of you, every one of you. Well, right where you are, why don't we just take a couple of minutes just to bless the Lord, just bless him right where you are, magnify him, give him glory, lift him up high, extol him, say something great about him, tell him that he's wonderful, that he's a counselor, that he's the mighty God, that he's an everlasting father, that he's the Prince of Peace. The more you eulogize him, the more he'll come to move on your behalf. Speak well of him. Speak well of him. Father, we bless you. We bless you. There's no one like you. There's no one that can make a way like you do. There's no one that is a healer like you are. There's no one that's a deliverer like you are. So we bless your name. We magnify your name. We glorify your name. And for this evening session, as we're coming on, we ask my Father and my God that you would meet every person that's coming on at the point of their need. Touch their families. Touch their loved ones. For the one that's going through deep sorrow right now let them know my father and my god that in your presence is the fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore for the one that's dealing with a sickness with an illness of any kind right now father manifest as jehovah Rapha, jehovah rafika the one who heals i pray that you would do it and for the one my father and my god who is saying that there's no way that you could want them, that there's no way they could love, um, could be loved by you. Manifest yourself as Jehovah Sitkanu. You're Amen. the God of our righteousness. You make us right by virtue of atonement at one minute. You brought us back in line with you. So save from the guttermost to the uttermost today for your glory and your honor. At the entrance of your word, there is both life and light. So Father, remove all darkness And bring life to someone who is contemplating suicide by this teaching tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. God bless every one of you. Thank you so much for coming on. I see my family coming on. I appreciate every one of you. Bev, love you so much, sis. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Love all of you that are coming on right now in the name of the lord jesus christ thank Amen. you jane i see you coming on as well thank you so much thank you lawan bradford god bless you Amen. thank you Jeanette. god bless you i see all of you all coming in thank you so much for being on i appreciate you and love you more than words can express yes, i want to get right back into what we've been dealing with we have been dealing and the concept of process and i know that after a while hearing this concept of process can sound like a broken record it's like Mm -hmm. oh i know where he's going i know what he's going to say but what i have learned in my short years of living almost 63 and my even shorter years of pastoring and preaching i have learned that we don't hear god's word from where it is we hear god's word from where we are Mm -hmm. the bible says in titus chapter number one, verse 15, Titus chapter one, verse 15, it says to the one who is pure, all things are pure. But to the one that is impure, then all things are impure. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. That means that if I am a liar, I am going to assume that everyone that talks to me is telling me a lie. Because what I am feeling is coming through the screen of my own emotions, one-third of my trinity, and that is my soulish realm, my mind, will, emotions, desire, and intellect. That's why there are so many people who can, before they come and speak with you, say this, I already know what you're going to say. How do you know what the next person is going to say, and you have a response to what they're going to say, when you don't even know what you would say? So you don't know what the other person is going to say. But because we have already walked out, talked out, had conversations in our minds with individuals before we even have the conversation with them, we assume, A-S-S-U-M-E, we assume that we know what the individual is going to say. So we already have our emotions built up. We already have our responses ready for something that they're not even saying. Mm -hmm. You have already come up with a response to what they have not even said. And so we have messed up so many conversations. Things have turned into arguments. Things have turned into disagreements simply because we believed that we knew what the other person was going to say. So our response, response, whenever you put that re on something, that means you've given power to the previous thing. So if I I react, I gave power to the act. You understand? So whenever we respond or do that, we have already given power to something as opposed to letting everything play itself out. So Mm -hmm. when we are dealing with this concept of process, you may have heard parts of it before, but because you had not gone through certain things, that particular part didn't have impact on you. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to and they said, oh, pastor or dad or pop or bruh, whichever title they're doing when they're dealing with me, I can't tell you how I wish I would have had what I saw you were teaching when I did thus and so. That is why you have the ability to read a passage of scripture. And then you come back and you say, I've heard you preach this text a million times, Brother Sturdivant. Why does it sound so different now? It is because we are hearing it for where we are and not from where we heard it, where we were. Faith comes by hearing not by having heard. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have the word as it is coming forth. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds means continues to come. God speaks it in eternity. We hear it in time. It makes sense to us in time when God made it make sense in eternity past. So As we're looking at this concept of process, process, as I told you a few weeks ago, is fluid. It's constantly moving. I was sharing with my, um, I'll share this experience with you that many, 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 many years ago, because my children are all grown now, and and, um, they were all very, very young. I think that um, Janice and Jeanette might have been maybe six or something like that. Joelle may have been eight, and James may have been nine or 10. But our children were very, 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 very young. And we had gone to a beach. This is telling you how long ago it's been. We had gone to a beach, and I had shared with them. I said, you see this umbrella right here? This is where I'm going to be sitting. Your mother and I will be right here. No matter how much you go out and play, keep your eye on this umbrella, and that way you'll know where we are, and how far you've gotten away from us. Do you remember that, Janice? It's been quite a, quite a few years. But they went out and they started playing. And as they were playing, watch this, the water waves pushed them, not hard enough to knock them down, but to gently move them off course, to the point that when they looked up, They were halfway down the beach and they saw an umbrella, but it was not the umbrella that we were sitting under. Mm -hmm. Because see, whenever they were out there while they were playing, they would jump up when a wave came. And they thought that when they jumped up, they always came back down in the same spot. But waves move you gently without you recognizing that you have been moved. And I had to then go halfway down the beach and find them. And I said, I told you all to keep your eye on the umbrella. And they said, Dad, the umbrella is right there. I said, that's not where we're sitting. We're way down the other part of the beach. They did not realize, get ready, because they were playing, they did not realize that they were being moved from where they were. See, sometimes while we are doing what we're doing, while we're just doing us, we be life, we whatever, we have shifted away from what was once a solid foundation or a place where we thought we were. And we don't realize that I have moved from where I was. Why? Because the movement was very subtle. It was very gentle. And I'm talking to someone right now before I get into this teaching and you don't even realize how you lost your poise in November when you had it in February. You don't realize how you lost so much money and you're in November when you had a savings plan set up in January. You don't know how you lost your temper in every situation. Why did you Kirk out? Why did you go off? Why did you have to curse a blue streak? Why did you have to go out and your nerves got so frayed? How did that last straw break the camel's back? How, how was that the last needle in the haystack? What, what was it? How did that person find your last nerve to get on it? It is because while you were in process that was moving you, here it is, you lost focus of where you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I've come on tonight just to pull you back in, to pull you back in line. Yes, I've been teaching this process stuff for a few months now. But every time we start, one of my sons in um, Canada, my son Philip, Philip said, Dad, every time you're on this thing about naming, how do you find so much stuff mm-hmm. on naming? And mm-hmm. I said, Son, you're 35. I'm 62 or three. I said, age has a way of not making you get caught up in the superficiality of the obvious. I'm going to say that again. Age has a way of making you not get caught up in the superficiality of the obvious. Most people go with what is obviously there and then they let their emotions fly on that they let their mindsets fly on that preachers preach their sermon off of the first thing they see Mm -hmm. people that are dealing with folk let the first thing somebody say send them off the deep end because they're caught up in the superficiality the superficial the surface of that which is obvious i want to dig a little bit deeper in this thing about Naaman. And I'm not going to reteach Naaman. We already know that he is maintaining his leprosy while he's going through this process. And all he wants to do is get to the point of being healed. The thing about while you're trying to get to your ultimate goal Mm -hmm. is that you have to go through character adjustments. Mm -hmm. And you've got to deal with the character and the characteristics of people that you come in contact with while you're going through process. And so I've dealt with three people, I'm at the fourth person, and because I've got so much to say about him, I'm not rushing over him, Mm -hmm. but I've dealt with every character and the characteristics of the individuals that Naaman came in contact with from the moment yes. that we heard that he was a leper. Mm-hmm. We heard that he was a leper in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse one. Right. That's where we heard he was a leper. It says at the end of that, he was also a mighty man of valor, but yes. a leper. So we hear he has leprosy in verse one. Yes, sir. The next verses start showing us the characters and the characteristics of the characters that he encountered while he was going from um, his plague to get to the panacea, which was his healing. He's going from the plague to get to the panacea, which is the healing. He's going from what is his calamity to get to his cure, wow. he is going through process. And listen, y'all, in case nobody's ever told you, process doesn't happen overnight. That's right. Process doesn't happen in a couple of days. I've seen people say, okay, but I'm serious now. Listen, you're serious now while you were joking for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. So no one's going to take you serious now when you've been a clown for 10 years. They've got to see you go through the process of seriousness before they believe you're not being a clown again. People will only believe you're not lying when you have gone through the process of telling the truth, dealing with being called a liar because you've got to now reestablish the credibility of what you want someone to believe that you are. Dr. Michi. love you, man. Congratulations on your doctorate, man. You deserve that. So it is important that you not get frustrated while going through process because process is necessary for progress. Come on, say that with me. Process is necessary for progress. No one goes through what they go through, get ready, without learning something. Even David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Mm-hmm. But now I'm listening to your words. Then he comes back down a little bit further in that same Psalm 119, because he said that in Psalm 119, verse 67, Psalm 119, verse 67. But by the time he gets to Psalm 119, verse 70 and 71, he says, it was good for me yes. that I was afflicted yes. because I've learned your statues, yeah. I had to go through the process of affliction. To learn what I needed to go on. Some need to have to go through the process of affliction to get victory over your addiction. Mm. Some of you have to go through the process of affliction to be sympathetic to somebody that's going through a trial. Some have to go through the process of some other things. Why? Um, Here's what Ezekiel said. He said, "I, I had one concept. He said, but then when I sat where they sat, then I understood. Mm-hmm. Sometimes putting yourself in the other person's place mm-hmm. will make you be more understanding of what they're going through. And let me tell you something for all of you that are listening to me now and some of you who may be, you know, talking to people who are really flipping out and everything over the election and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how everybody is saying, can't we just be kind? Mm-hmm. Can't we be nicer now? Can't we whatever? when nobody was being kind or nice, when the person that they were supporting mm. was in the position of power. The old folks used to have a saying, and they said this. It says, it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Mm. It's a different thing when the hunter is kept. When I was growing up, there was a, there was a, a girl group, and they said this. They said, things just ain't the same anytime the hunter gets captured by the game it's a very different thing when you now are in the place where you were making accusations of someone else now you want someone to be sympathetic when the shoe is on the other foot so i want to open this thing up let's let's look at this let's look at this because we saw that naaman had leprosy in second kings chapter number five verse one, but the first person he came across was who, again, co was girl. the slave girl, and her characteristic was that she, was submitted. she submitted. She was submissive. I'm just giving this for somebody who may just be coming on. The second person that Naaman came in contact with was the one that the slave girl was serving, and that was Naaman's yeah. wife, or yes. it was the mistress, her yes. mistress, and her responsibility, or her characteristic was that she, she stood, she stayed, and she slept She stood, she stayed, and she slept with him, even even though he was one that had the problem that he had she didn't stop being in a, in a nutshell she didn't stop being loyal because she knew how good he had been before he was in a predicament he was in That's right. That's right. isn't it amazing how quickly we change on people when they can no longer be used by us. Yes. I mean, everything that's why I said over and over again that people are not necessarily loyal to you. They are loyal to their need of you. And the moment they no longer have a need of you, their loyalty goes out the window. Right. And so we see that we had the slave girl who was submitted. We had the wife who was standing with him. And then we had the king of Syria, who yeah, did what? He was supported. He supported. He supported Naaman. As a matter of fact, what he did was he bankrolled his whole hospitalization program. That's right, that's he, right. he made sure, I'm going to sign the letter saying that you can use my name to go down to the king of Israel. I'm telling you that I'm going to bankroll it. I'm giving you money. You all see it right there in the text. He says, I'm giving you money. I'm giving you a letter. Chapter number 5 of 2 Kings 5. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm giving you money. I'm giving you a letter. I'm giving you clothing. I want you to go on down there. And if, listen, if the letter is not enough, tell the king you'll pay for his assistance. That's right, that's right. I don't want there to be any reason why this king does not help you. Yeah. And see, many of us walk down to people and we think that they owe us something. I mean, oh, you going to charge me Oh, 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 so I got the pay now? Oh, it's like that? It's like that? You know, and so I, I'll never forget, I'll never forget, um, co-pastor, thank you so much. Um, my dear sister, Pastor Mary Winalo, I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Uh, yeah. um, uh, one of the things that I remember, I was going to a doctor one occasion, when I went to the doctor, um, he was telling me about this prescription that he wanted me to get. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, this thing is so expensive. Vincent, why am I paying so much for this? thing? I said, isn't there a generic? He said, not right now. There's no generic right now. Mm -hmm. He said, because this is new on the market. Mm -hmm. He said, and I can tell you that it's going to be this price for you for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. I said, what you talking about? He said, because the contract that was agreed upon in order to get this particular medication developed, it's going to take 10 years for them to make their money off of it before they bring it down to something different or to a generic brand. Mm -hmm. I said, but why is that so? And he said, because what you're paying for is not the medication, but the 10 years of study that went into what it took to create it. And sometimes we're wanting somebody to give us a pass or to give us a whatever, but what you're getting is the benefit." of the time that somebody put in so that they can make it so available to you. What I'm giving to you by teaching this and you're saying, oh, Brother Sturdivant, this is great revelation. This is such and such and such. Do you realize that I put four years in an undergrad? Do you realize I put two years in at Washington Bible College? I put eight years in at Richmond, Virginia Seminary and then kept on going to other seminars and classes. I've got not just by my anointing or my walk with God, I've got some between 14 to 16 years of studying that idea, and you're getting what I am giving to you without having to do all of the classroom time, the writing time. I'm going to tell you how long ago I started and when I finished. When I started going to school, I was writing with an ink pen on a notebook. When I dropped out of school because my wife was pregnant and I had the children, I went back to school and I was one of two of the oldest people in the classroom, me and my good friend, A. Michael Black. We were the only ones in the classroom that were our complexion. And we were the oldest ones in there because we had gone back when we were in our late 30s, early 40s, and everybody in the classroom was 18, 19 years old messed me up because the teacher said, James, you need to get a notebook. I went and got a notebook from CVS. It was called Peoples at the time. I went and got a notebook from Peoples. I put some 500 sheets of notebook paper in there. I got my little blue tab, yellow tab, red tab dividers, and put all of my classrooms in there. And I took my notebook with my little clear container that had my ink pens and pencils in there and went on back to class. And when I went in there, they asked for people to take out their notebooks. And I took out my notebook. And what I did not realize is for the time that I had been out of school and gone back, a notebook had gone from being a three-ring blue binder to being a computer um, that's, I guess, what was it, a pad or something, iPad? I had no idea what was going on. So when you see me now coming on to teach. You are getting the benefit of somebody who has been embarrassed and humiliated in class. You're seeing someone who got his first F and had it exposed to him in Greek in front of everybody in the classroom that was young enough to be my children. You're looking at somebody who has had to get what I have gotten because the odds were stacked against me for doing it the way that I was doing it because I had been so long out of it. So what am I saying to you? I am saying to you that when you're going through process. Nothing's going to happen quickly. Nothing's going to happen swiftly. You're going to have to go through what you've got to go through if you want to get to what you claim you want to get to. I have covered right now that he had the slave girl who submitted. He had the wife who stayed with him. But he had this king of Syria who supported, who paid for. I had to work and pay for everything that I have gotten. And so when he got to this guy, he gave him a letter take this down and take all of these clothes and everything with you. And I'm, I'm getting excited because I know where I'm going with it. There are some things that you're going to have to pay for, watch this, to get because of what you had to go through to get it. Yes, 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 yes. There are some things you're going to have to pay for to get. That's right. It's not going to come as easy. Yeah. Some of it is because you procrastinated. That was my problem. Yeah. Some of it is because you dropped out. That was my problem. Wow. Some of it is because you chose to not do what you should have done when you should have done it. Yes. Some of that's my problem. But you're going to have to pay the price if you really want to get to the conclusion. Yes. Which is why now we're at the fourth person, and out of all of the characters and the characteristics that I've been talking to you about, I told you that it is going to be seven characters or characteristics. Right. We are at the fourth one now. Mm-hmm. The fourth one is the king of Syria. That's right. He is the connection from the first three. To the last three. Mm-hmm. He is the bridge. Did I tell you he was the bridge that's last it. week? That's it. Did yeah. I tell them about how I was on the one lane bridge coming up the Harry Nice mm-hmm. um, Bridge on Route 5 and mm-hmm. 301 coming from King George County, Virginia? Yes. See, what I was sharing in that was that it was a one lane bridge. Now, here's what I want to tell you, Josiane and Copas, and everybody that's listening is what I did not tell you last week is that the bridge did not teach me about the bridge. All right. See, when I was on the bridge, I told you, they were trying to make it two lanes, it was just one lane, and so you'd come down two lanes for a while, then it would turn into a one lane, and you had to wait for all the cars that was on the two lane to come down the one lane. I I didn't learn nothing about the bridge. Uh-huh. Um, And here's why I have to tell you that, because see, there were signs leading up to the bridge on both sides that said this. It said, bridge under construction, expect delays. (laughs) Did y'all hear what I just said? Yes. The signs coming down the bridge and the signs going back across said, Bridge under construction, expect delays. Okay. But because I went down the bridge so many times, and maybe I might have had, you know, five minutes delay, I stopped paying attention to the signs Mm -hmm. because I was going down to the church I pastored in King George County, Virginia, People's Union. And normally I was going down there early in the morning and there was no activity on the bridge because I had to get up early enough to drive an hour and a half, get my family some breakfast and um, make it down there time enough to do Sunday school at 9.30. So I was leaving early. So the bridge under construction was never a problem for me on Sunday because that was not when they did their work. Mm -hmm. But on a particular day, because I had gone down before and had no problems and had gone up again and had no problems, I started ignoring all of the signs warning me about the bridge Mm -hmm. until this day. That was not on a Sunday. And we were coming back up on the bridge And suddenly I am stuck on the bridge. Mm -hmm. The fourth person that I'm dealing with is the King of Syria. Mm -hmm. He is a bridge that can either get Naaman to go towards his deliverance or go back home with his dilemma. Mm -hmm. That means that Naaman is now confronted with, are you ready? a bridge or a barrier. Oh, 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 y'all didn't want to hear what I said. I talked about the bridge last week. But see, the person that is the fourth one, remember I told you, by the time you get to the fourth person when you are going through process or the fourth characteristic, you are now dealing with someone who has the ability to get you to where you're trying to go, but they're different from the previous three. See. Um, the slave girl wanted the best for Naomi. The wife wanted the best for her husband. The king of Syria wanted the best for his servant. But the king of Israel, the fourth one, wanted the best for himself. See, y'all missing it. Y'all will miss it. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to be prepared when you're going through process to run into people who have the ability to help you but are so busy looking out for themselves till they don't look out for you. Okay, well, well, here we go. Here we go. I, I knew I was going to get there because the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter number five, verse number six, it says, then he brought letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you, that I have sent name of my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Now, I know that when you look at that, it sounds like, you know what, I think the king of Israel got a point. Wait a minute, let's go on. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, am I God? Because we discovered that the king of Israel had a problem or had a characteristic, and his problem was security. And the problem with his security is that he was insecure. He was insecure. insecure. He was what again? Insecure. insecure. Now I want you all to hear something very, very clearly. See, when one is insecure, look at what it says. It says, this man is how he's talking about him. He says, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me? See, when one is insecure, they immediately think that everything that is happening is about them. Yeah. An insecure person will wind up saying if they're going and they see um, a long line, here it is again. The devil now don't want me to get to my job one time. No, it was a car accident that didn't involve you and traffic was just backed up. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with you, but an insecure person always makes it about them as if something is being done in the universe by everybody deliberately towards them. He was an insecure individual. He says, this man sends a man to me. But right. then I saw something when I was looking at this and this is, this is kind of major for me. Um, he says, this man speaking about the king of Syria has sent this man to me for me to heal him. Uh-huh. I, I I hope I lifted this up the last time. If I didn't, I'll lift it up this time. And I share it with you, at least I hope I shared it with you. If I didn't, I'll share it with you this time. And that is this, when a person is insecure, an insecure individual, they want to be in the position, but don't want to have to deal with responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. They want the title, but then they think they're entitled. They don't want to have to do the legwork, because of the position that they are in. They want to just look good. They want the notoriety, but they don't want to have to be the ones that deal with what takes place with being in that position. Turn it off please. So it's important that you kind of get a hold of this concept, please. Watch this. It says here, it says here, it says here that he says, do you see how this man has come to me? Right, right, right. Am I a God to kill and make alive? Uh-huh. He wants me to heal his man of his leprosy. Mm-hmm. Please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. Mm-hmm. If you go back maybe two or three of my lessons, you'll see where I talked about, this was a king talking to a king. Right. He wasn't trying to pick a quarrel. He was following protocol. And when you follow protocol, you know that a man who is a captain of the army does not have a right to walk into another king's area, especially he's coming from Syria. He has just been in Israel. He has taken back some of the slaves from Israel. Come on, read the text when you get an opportunity. It says in verse number two of second Kings five, and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. He has just now taken some of the people from Israel. Now he's got to go back to Israel to ask for help. Isn't it a mess when you have messed over somebody else's life and then you need them? Uh. Ain't it a mess when you have taken something from someone and now need them to help you out of the junk that you're in? He had just raided Israel. And don't God have a sense of humor? I know that's bad grammar. But don't God have a sense of humor? that he'll make you have to go back and need the very person that you just curked out on. He'll make you go back and need the very individual that you tried to say, I ain't never going to need them again. He is now having to go back to Israel that he had just raided and took the slave girl from to go and now ask them for some help. Oh my, who am I talking to right now? Your pride has got you so messed up because you know you need to go and talk to somebody but you won't talk to them because you know you ripped your pants with them before. You know you need that individual to speak a word over your life, to pray over your life, to give you some advice about the business. You know that you need to get in touch with them, but because you tore your pants, that's an old term right there, you ripped your pants, you ripped your pants with them, and now your pride won't allow you to go and rectify the situation because you would rather suffer with not knowing than to apologize. And get it right easier. I'm talking to somebody right now. Don't let this year end with you still having the same issues that you've been carrying all this year and you've been carrying for the past few years, simply because you can't see yourself. It'd be a cold day in hell before I apologize." Well, you'll know what the temperature is in hell because if you never apologize, you'll be there to personally take the temperature. It is important for you to get this thing together before it is everlasting too late. Watch the text, it's a very scary thing. It's scary because see, his insecurity came as a result of his self-esteem issues. Listen, you have just now gotten raided by this country. Now this country is coming to you. You can only imagine how he must be feeling. He's already a bit depleted. He's already a bit empty. And now we're going back to the place, and you've got to ask for help from the place that you had just raided. But hold on, because I want you to be able to look at both sides. Because remember, either you're going to run into some characters like this, or you're going to be the character like this. The Bible says something very, very powerful. While Naaman is there with his letter of authenticity in his hand, I've done everything I know how to do. And here is this person. I've got money. And here is this person. And I've got clothing. And here is this person who should be able to just take the money. Take the paper, don't say nothing and give you what you want so you can go on about your business. But the bridge is always supposed to teach you something about yourself not about somebody else but to teach you something about you. I told you the last time we were together that when I was stuck on the bridge, I was upset because my babies who were very very young, my daughters were in twin bassinets, I could handle both hands and my children were very very small. I was mad at them for crying and being hungry. I was mad at my wife for not being able to get them quiet. I was mad that I was driving a Nissan Sentra that had no carpet in there and no AC, and it was hot, as my mama, um, my 98-year-old mama would say, the car was as hot as the hinges of 80s, mm. and I'm sitting on that bridge for 30 minutes, waiting for one lane to get clear, and I'm now taking all of my anger out on my wife, on the babies who are innocent, on the on the, all the traffic. Why are they driving so slow coming down? Oh, can't they just take their foot off the brake? I'm going off on everybody. And what the bridge was trying to do, watch this, was trying to make me do some attitude adjustment. The bridge was teaching me about me. Because see, the the car that I was in that had no carpet in it, that had no AC, I bought that. The wife that I was married to mm-hmm. that couldn't get the babies quiet, mm-hmm. I picked her. The children that were unhappy and crying and being hungry because that's what children do, I, I, I produced that. I'm mad at everything that is a reminder of my actions and my choices. Oh, God, I love you tonight, because there are some of you that are right now mad, get ready, at your choices. You're mad it's your choices. This old job, yeah, but you said, I want to work here. This old cop, yeah, but you talked to everybody when they told you don't purchase it, and you wouldn't get it anyway. I can't stand this. Yeah, but you picked them and wouldn't listen to nobody when they told you don't marry them. Don't get with them. You didn't need no counseling. You didn't want no talking to. You picked what you picked. And now you want to blame everything that was your choice just because, get ready, you're on the bridge. You want to blame everything because because you didn't save money. Now you're mad at the pandemic because you didn't you didn't set aside for a rainy day you're cursing the rain because you didn't do certain things, now you're upset at everything. You're mad at everybody that's got a degree because you didn't finish school. You're mad and don't want your children to go any further because you didn't go any further. You're mad that your children are taking care of themselves because you want them to take care of you because you never did what you were supposed to do to take care of you. Over and over and over again, all of your anger and your angst is because you have gotten to the fourth level which is the bridge and you don't want to deal with the attitude that you have as it relates to the bridge you'd rather curse the bridge but it ain't the bridge's fault i've come to talk to somebody tonight because i'm telling you that the bridge can either be something that takes you over or it can be a barrier to send you back see i could have very easily gone Back down the bridge. Well, not quite so easy because there's too many cars behind me. Right. But if I had wanted to, I could have gone in another direction, gone maybe about 30 minutes out of my way, mm-hmm. hit 95 and come up 95. You know what? Uh-huh. The only problem is I didn't know 95. Come in the back way to get to the church that I pastored. Now, was it 95's fault that I didn't know the back road to get to the church that I passed it? Uh No, it's my fault because I had always gone 301 and I had gotten comfortable in 301. And many of you are upset right now because your comfort zone has been upset. That's why you want to go back to normal. That's why you want to go back to what you used to do. That's why you want to go Back as soon as the pandemic breaks, you want to go back to how it used to be because you've made no plans to go forward. So you have gotten comfortable being stuck and going backwards. Now there's some things that I looked at and I wanna listen, I I wanna lift lift just a couple of things. And here's what I wanna lift. I wanna let you know that when you get to a bridge and everything is not easily moving for you, God is trying to teach you something about the ability to wait. Oh, my God. He is trying to teach you something about the ability to wait. What am I trying to say? What am I trying to tell you? He is trying to teach you a lesson in patience. Oh, my. See, those who are type A personalities don't know how to wait or be patient. Those who are type A personalities, if somebody doesn't move when they want them to move, they immediately go and do it themselves. Marriages have been messed up because somebody got out of line. Eve messed up her marriage with Adam because she could not wait for Adam to talk. Everything gets out of line. When you don't have the ability to wait, over and over again, the Bible says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, He'll stay when you don't have the ability to to wait on what God is trying to do for you. You'll get ahead of what he is trying to do and then wind up having to be put on pause because God was trying to teach you something where you were. But rather than learn from where you were, you decided to go back or to backslide or to go back to what was familiar to you. Now, let me just lift one or two things. I got a couple more minutes. I want to lift something to you. I told you that this guy, um, this king of Israel, he is the fourth person. Yes. He is the middle individual yes. before getting to the last three. So it was exactly. three before, then four, then two after. Yeah. Um. I don't know if you all noticed, but um, prior to getting to this king of Israel, mm-hmm. the slave girl, the wife, the king of Syria, all wanted good for Naaman. Come on. Y'all got it. The slave girl, the wife, and the king of Syria wanted good for Naaman. So Naaman had fallen into a concept of expecting everybody to want what's best for him. Mm -hmm. This fourth person gave Naaman a rude awakening. Mm -hmm. Because the fourth person said, I ain't your slave girl. I ain't your wife, and I ain't your king. And now suddenly, Naaman has to make a decision Mm -hmm. on what do I want when I'm in the middle, halfway from where everything was being good to the other half of not knowing what's good. Do I stay right where I am Mm -hmm. or do I go backwards? I told you, it's that middle part. Mark chapter number six, verse 47. Mark six, verse 47. When the disciples got to the middle point, when Jesus said cross over to the other side, It says that they were toiling and rowing, and that's when help came. Help came when they decided, I won't go back. That's when Jesus got in the boat with them, and then immediately, they were at the other side. See, what makes some of us toil longer where we are is that we rather go backwards than to go forwards. Oh, my. I'm going to lift something up to you the next time I come, because this is too pregnant right now. Here's something that he did. The king of Israel, look at what he says. I told you he was, he had security issues. I said he was insecure because of areas of self esteem. Did I say that to you all? Okay. So now watch what happens. He says this. He tore his clothes and he said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him? Of his leprosy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I told you he had security issues. That's right. I told you he was insecure. Right. I told you he had self-esteem problems. Yeah. I want to now take you one step further and tell you he was self-absorbed. Wow. How do I know he was self-absorbed? Watch what he says. He says, am I God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to who? To me yeah. to heal him of his leprosy. Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with who? With me. He is self-absorbed. Now, now why is that important? Because when you are self-absorbed, you go from being a bridge that can help someone to get over to becoming a barrier that keeps them from going any further. (laughs) When you are self-absorbed, you go from being a bridge that can help someone to get over to becoming a barrier to keep them from going any further. Watch this. Here's what messed me up, um, co-pastor. Here's what messed me up, Josian, when I started looking at this thing. Let, 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 let me just say this to you. Isn't he the king? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. If you're the king, mm-hmm. you should know who you got in your kingdom. Mm-hmm. Because a kingdom comes from two words, meaning a king's domain, D-O-M-A-I-N, a a domain where the king is in charge. Okay. My question now is, he's in the position, but he is so self-absorbed by thinking, am I God? Until, don't ask yourself, are you God? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, are you the king? (laughs) Because here's what I'm concerned about. How are you having a slave girl Mm -hmm. that knew about the prophetic that is in your kingdom, Mm -hmm. how she get away and you don't know she's gone, but even worse, how you got a prophet in your kingdom Mm -hmm. who can deliver you from all the anxiety that you are in and you don't know he's there. Mm -hmm. See, here's the issue with a person that is self-absorbed. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. They are so full of themselves until they don't recognize a good relationship that they've lost Mm -hmm. or a good relationship that they've got left. Mm -hmm. The slave girl was gone. He lost her and didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. The prophet is right in his kingdom that's got the, okay, look at what it says right here. Y'all think I'm making it up. Look look, look what it says in verse number eight. I don't wanna jump into Elijah, but look what it says. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he said to the king, said, hey, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Mm -hmm. How do you get to um, uh, uh, verse number two, where you've got a girl from Israel that knows about the prophet who's gone and you don't know nothing about it? And how do you have a prophet in your kingdom who's got the answer for what you're crying about right now and you don't even know it? Let me bring it a little bit closer while you're going through process. How many of you have lost a good relationship Mm. and don't even realize that you lost it? simply because your attitude didn't adjust when you came to a bridge? How many good people have gone out of your life simply because you didn't watch all the warning signs that were saying you need to check your attitude, something's about to happen, you need to get your anger under control, you need to learn some sympathy, you need to learn some humility. How many good people have you lost that could have made your life easier but because you were stuck, On the bridge and never dealt with, you cursed out everything else, but you never dealt with yourself. And here's the other part, while you are now being so caught up in you, how many good people want to help you, but they're too afraid to come too close because of your toxic personality. They don't even want to get anywhere near you because they've watched how you didn't care about who you lost. So they don't even want to come close because they don't want to put in that same category as the person that you didn't even care about. Oh, I know, I'm teaching real good stuff right now. And I know it's hard to hear this right now because some of you are in bad situations, not because somebody couldn't help you, not because somebody wouldn't help you, but because you would not deal with you. You would not deal with your own personality. You wouldn't deal with, you were in the position. Come on, Reverend Doctor. Come on, apostle. Come on, bishop. Come on, prayer minister. Come on, leader. Come on, worship leader. Come on, musician. Come on. All of you have been in the positions but didn't know how to value who you had, and somebody snatched them away, or you had someone and didn't know how to properly utilize them. And so now you're you're struggling pulling your hair out, and the person that's got your answers right there. I'm going to share with you the next time we come together some of the power of what Elisha is but i want this to get inside of you that this guy did not know what good relationships he lost <laughs> and what relationships he had left mm-hmm. i want to know something because see when 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 the man said this and i'm not going to get through it when the man said this he said this he said um why is he sending him to me to heal him of his leprosy I'd like to tell the king of Israel a secret. And I'd like to tell some of you a secret. Nobody wants you. Nobody really wants you. King of Israel, nobody wants you. You are just the one that should know where the answer to Naaman's problem is. I did not send him to you for you to heal him. And that's why I told you the last time, just because you walk with anointing doesn't mean that people believe you are anointed. They simply want to know, can you direct them to the one that they're trying to get through? I told you Matthew chapter 15, verse 23, Matthew 15, verse 23, that that woman that had a daughter possessed by demons of hell in her house, she came crying to Jesus and the disciples said, send her away. She's crying after us. Didn't want them, wanted to get to the one that could help. In John chapter number 12, verse 20 through 22, John 12, verse 20 through 22, some Greeks came looking for Jesus. They went through Philip. Philip said, let me talk to Andrew. By the time they went through Philip and Andrew, they got to Jesus and said, Jesus, some Greeks are looking for you. Jesus said, I got to be going now. What was the problem? So much flesh got in the way until people missed the opportunity with Jesus. I want to know something. Who has missed God because they couldn't get over you? Who has missed God because they couldn't get over you? They weren't supposed to be your friend. They saw some oil on your life and they wanted to meet Jesus that you represented but you made them your personal friend. They weren't supposed to be your lover. They weren't supposed to be your side chick. They weren't supposed to be your boyfriend. They weren't supposed to be the one you go to the mall with. They were looking for Jesus. And instead of you being a bridge because you had security issues, self-esteem issues, had some um, self-absorbed issues, you made everything be about you and because you made everything be about you the lord says now you have taken glory that was supposed to belong to me so now i've got to keep back some privileges that were supposed to go to you you were supposed to point them to me but you made them all about you it's not about how many people you booked or bagged or smashed or how many folk like you or said something good about you It's how many people here's what the lord says he says in isaiah chapter 42 verse 8 Isaiah 42, verse 8, he says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another. I can't tell you how many times, how many preachers, how many pastors, how many revivalists, how many evangelists, how many of us have had people walk up to us after a great service and a great move of God, and they say, oh, you just blessed me, and we respond, Thank you. As if we did something. No, all the glory goes to God. You didn't do anything. Do you, do you, you, it reminds me of the story my father and the Lord told. My father, E.A. Adaboye, the general overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God Worldwide based in Lagos, Nigeria. He tells the story of he said how on the day that Jesus was going into Jerusalem that we celebrate as um, Palm Sunday. He says that when he was going into that city, he was riding on the back of an ass. And as he was riding on the back of the ass, the ass that had been standing out by itself, tied to a post with its mother, it says that the disciples threw clothes on his back. And the ass said, look at me. I got humans putting human clothes on me. And then they put Jesus on top of him. And while they're riding through the city people take off their clothes and lay them at the feet of the ass and take down palms and lay them at the feet of the ass and all of a sudden the ass starts saying look at humans making it soft for me to walk look at humans breaking down all of these things no other animal has ever seen humans act like that for them i must be some kind of a proud ass for them to be doing this for me but have you noticed that the moment that jesus got into the city He got into where he was going to be. Once they took him off of the back of that ass, you never hear about that ass again. Mm -hmm. There's no more stories about it anywhere. Why am I saying that to you? The only thing that people are seeing in you is the oil that's on your life. Don't be like that donkey that said that it was all about him. Because if Jesus ever leaves your life, people will forget about you just like they forgot about that donkey. Mm -hmm. They said to my father and the Lord as he was walking out in the woods, the Lord had him in one of his night prayer walks. He does an eight kilometer walk every night. He's 78 years old. The Lord told him one of the nights he was out, he said, stoop down. And my father stooped down. He said, now write. And he said, what? He said, draw a picture of a man. And my father said he drew a head, a stick for a body, sticks for the legs and sticks for the arms. He said the Lord then told him stand up and he stood up and he said he got scared because when God starts making commands like that he knows it's going to be a hard lesson and God said now take your foot and wipe out the picture of the man that you drew and my father wiped out the picture of the stick man he drew and he said that the Lord told him the moment you start thinking that this city that you built in the jungle and all the healings and the miracles that are taking place. The moment you start forgetting who it was that made it possible, he said the same way you wiped out that stick, man, I'll wipe you out. Listen, y'all, don't let the little bit of money you're making, don't let the fact that you got a couple of little cars, got a decent little house, the fact that you got a few little dollars saved up, don't think that the Lord can't wipe you out. We're right now in the midst of a situation where we're up to maybe 235, 240,000 people who started out in January who aren't alive now. Mm-hmm. We are dealing with something where you can be here today and gone today. Not gone tomorrow, gone today. I'm praying for someone right now because I want you to make a decision to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to give your life to him. Why? Because any day now, you could just wake up thinking that you're full of yourself mm-hmm. and everything can disappear instantaneously. I'm praying for you because I love you and I'm concerned about you. Pray this prayer with me right now. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you need to make a decision for the Lord. Pray this prayer and say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Here I am. Here I am. I'm surrendered. I'm surrendered. I submit, to you. I submit to you. I'll stand with you. I'll stand with you. Because I, recognize, so I recognize you're the only one that's been supporting me. You're the only one that's been supporting me. Here I am. Here I am. I've heard your word. I've heard your word. I surrender. I surrender. So come into my heart. So come into my heart. Take control of my life. Take control of my life. And for the rest I'll of my life. And for the rest of my life. I'll live a life that pleases you. I'll Thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord for, saving me for saving me and giving me another chance. And giving me another chance. In, Jesus name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friend, if you pray that prayer right now, I want you to go to my website www.fummd.com and see where it says connect with us and fill out that piece of paper. Letting me know that you've connected with us. You can be a part of this ministry. If you don't have a church home, I know a lot of churches are closed. You can be a part of the ministry that the Lord has given me to, to cover. I'll cover you. I'll pray for you. I'll keep you lifted. I'll communicate with you as you communicate with me. And we will make sure that you are a part of what we're doing and you can be a part of what the Lord is doing through us. Now, if you're out there and you're saying, Brother Sturdivant, um, I've given my life to the Lord, but I've backslidden. Listen, you can come back to him. Backslidden preacher, backslidden minister, backslidden. I don't care what role you were in. I know you're saying, oh, my God, God can't possibly want me. Yes, he does. He loves you in the worst way. That's why it says that he he saves to the uttermost. He loves you in the worst way. So right where you are, make that decision commit to us, join with us. Now, listen, if you're on here right now and you are a member of a ministry, God bless you, be faithful to your ministry. All I'm doing is coming on to walk alongside your pastor, your man of God, your woman of God. I'm walking alongside of them by teaching you this. As you learn this, go and be a better member to the ministry that you are a part of. Be a better, don't just take this, but be a better member to the ministry you are a part of. And if you are a member of a ministry, Please don't get cursed by robbing God of his tithe and his offering. Please make sure you are faithful in the giving of your tithe and your offering offering to your ministry. Here's why. The more you forget to give or delay in giving, the Bible says that you have to give God back a fifth part, meaning not just everything that you owe him, but you have to give back 20% interest. It says, give him a fifth part. And you know, if you've got 20% interest in your credit, if you've got a 20, you know that you've got jacked up credit. You don't want to be bad credit with God. Get in line with what you are supposed to do. If you are one that's listening to this teaching, I've shared with you from my heart what God has placed in me to share with you. If you've been blessed by this, and you're saying, "Brother Sturdivant, I want to get back in line. I don't have a church home. I want to do what I'm supposed to do with my tithe and my offering." please go on our cash app. That's the dollar sign Faith United 7905. Again, that's the dollar sign Faith United 7905 on our cash app. And you can give your tithe and your offering to that ministry, Faith United Ministries. And that's the ministry that I am covering that I am over at this time. If you'd like to be a blessing and you don't have a cash app, go on our website, www.fumd.com and go to GiveLify, and you can give that way towards Faith United Ministries. Now, if you'd like to personally be a blessing um, to my wife who has had to sit on the bridge with me, <laughs> listen, I want you to go on Cash App and you can give to her on the dollar sign and just her name, Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A, Pamela Sturdivant and you can sew to her that way. Or if you say, well, I want to sow to her but I only have a credit card. You can still go to GiveLify and you can just hashtag Co pastor, when you're giving, and she'll still get that. Mm-hmm. And if by chance, last of all, you'd like to be a blessing to me, I certainly appreciate it. Um, but you can go to my cash app, which is um, the dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital J, capital E, capital S. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to PayPal, you know, but you mm-hmm. say PayPal me, and you can do that to J.E. Sturtevant Sr., and you can give that way. Or you can do as I stated, go to our website, and you can just hashtag pastor and give that way. I love you so much. I so appreciate you tuning in. I get excited about sharing the word of God. I look forward to coming and opening up to you what the Lord has placed in me. And I'm asking that you would share this. Please share it with somebody in your family that you know needs it. Share it with a friend. Share it with a loved one. Share it because someone needs to know how to go from being stuck on the bridge and breaking through the barrier to go on to what God has promised them. Until Sunday Mm -hmm. at 10 a.m. when I'll come back and we'll teach some more on this. I invite you to join us at that time. But until then, be blessed. Don't die in the process. There's a promise on the other side. I love you. I appreciate you. God bless you. you. Let's see how I do this here. What's that one. Mm Tá no...